Good evening and welcome to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. Thank you for tuning in. I have a great show lined up for you this evening. But you know, due to the holiday, I only had a few news stories submitted, so I opened up my back archive and pulled out a few favorites that I've been sitting on for quite a while. So most of these submissions were submitted weeks or even months ago. But don't let that fool you. There's still great stories, and you're still in for a treat. But before we dive in, I want to remind you that without your stories, this show cannot continue. So if you have a story, or perhaps you know someone that does, please call in or convince that person to call in. Submitting is quick, free, and painless. Simply call the hotline at 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-6444. Follow the voice prompt and leave your story, then you're done. Of course, if you're not a phone person, you can still submit via email at monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com or submit anonymously through the website at www.monstersamonguspodcast.com and click on the Report Your Sighting tab. Without your participation, there is no show. So if you've had an encounter with something strange, make the call today. Alright folks, let's get started. There are few spoken words that conjure the kind of fear that sends shivers up your spine. Many would argue that the word voodoo falls into that category. A single mention of the centuries-old practice floods the brain with thoughts of curses, possession, and even zombies. Our first story of the evening dabbled in voodoo and hoodoo and quickly learned that some worlds are better left unexplored. Here is that story. Hey, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I thought I'd share a story. I'd really appreciate it if you didn't mention my name in this. Anyway, I grew up in a sizable suburb just west of Houston called Katy. Katy is the kind of town where, although parts are fairly diverse, it's unacceptable to be anything but Christian. For perspective, in the mid-2000s, a few local jerks protested the construction of a mosque by breaking into the property and holding pig races. I decided as quite a young kid to study Christianity from an academic perspective and consumed books on the nature of the devil, demons, possession, creation, and other related topics. This eventually turned into an interest in Islam, Kabbalist traditions, mythology, Wicca, the occult, chaos magic, and other forms of alternative religions and magic. Now, I never practiced any of it. It was purely for the sake of knowledge. My best friend and I had a yearly Halloween tradition of converting my porch into a miniature haunted house. We'd make support structures out of PVC and wood, hang shower curtains, trash bags, and Halloween decorations. It was a lot of fun, and we were always super proud of the new thing we'd come up with for that year's haunt. I would wait at the end with a bowl of candy and my best friend, who was a large and boisterous man, would put on a mask and hide behind a shredded trash bag and pop out and scare the trick-or-treaters. This particular year, probably around 2005, I had taken interest in hoodoo and voodoo. 
and consumed several books on them and their related traditions, conjuring, folk magic, and the Loa. I found it beautiful and fascinating. So I decided to use what I'd learned in the books for our haunted house, and for the last room where my friend hid, I built a mock Hollywood-style hoodoo ritual room, complete with real symbols sketched on the floor and the walls, candles, herbs, and even a tribute to the beings that would be summoned that night. We spent all evening playing up the hoodoo for horror's sake, and it went very well. All night, trick-or-treaters would cautiously venture in. My friend would jump out, and they would take the candy and run away. It was quite successful. Well, Halloween had fallen on a weeknight, so things died early. A little after midnight, my friend and I had been sitting in silence for about half an hour with no trick-or-treaters in sight. We hadn't talked to each other in anticipation of someone venturing in, but I decided that the night was probably over. I remember saying to my friend, who was hiding behind the trash bag next to me, You know, I think we're done. He just sort of made a smirking, laughing noise. Should we go inside, I asked. He never responded. I'm going to go down to the end of the driveway and see if there's anyone on the street. I specifically remember him asking me, Do you want something? At the time, I was like, Okay, whatever, dude. I walked out and headed to the end of the driveway and saw him standing there, talking to my parents. My best friend, who I'd been conversing with in full costume seconds before, stood outside, no longer with costume or mask on. So I asked him, How long have you been standing there? He told me, you know, about a half an hour. He told me he left and walked out, but you know I never saw him leave. And he stood right next to me, so I should have if he did. I was terrified. So I ran back into our makeshift attraction and pulled the trash bag down to see there was no one there. He just didn't understand why I was so scared. To this day, I still believe I accidentally conjured a spirit. Now, spirit conjuring is an integral part of hoodoo magic, and it must be done properly to prevent sinister energies from taking advantage of us and our world. It's not something that one should do without being trained by someone who has dedicated their life to it. And I think I was being warned. After everything I've learned to date about chaos magic and folk beliefs, I think I messed with something I shouldn't have and made a mockery of sacred beliefs and got quite lucky that a spirit came through that didn't intend to hurt me. But perhaps make it clear that I shouldn't be dabbling in things that I don't know or understand. I do believe it's followed me, though. I've asked for little things to happen, and they have. You know, nothing major... Something like a raise at work, or to win a giveaway, or stumble upon an uncommon SNES cartridge for super cheap that I've been wanting. It might not sound like a lot, but I've become a very lucky person. Things ever since just kind of fall into place for me. Before, I was an emo underachiever who got less than stellar grades. Every once in a while, I think I run into it again. I'll hear a subtle laugh from a closet, or voices in the back room. It doesn't give me the feeling of dread that some people talk about, nor does it feel like a negative presence. It's more like a companion that's been with me through all these years and over these cross-country moves. It's when I go back to Katie that it feels the strongest. To be honest, I've never told anyone this, 
but I think I might owe a debt to something, and I have no idea when or how it will want to collect it. I know it might sound ridiculous, but I know some listeners have pretty open minds, and I needed to get all this out into the open. Thank you for all the hard work. I'm a huge fan and always look forward to new episodes. Thank you for your submission. I'm happy to hear that whatever seemed to have latched onto you has, so far, had good intentions. You know, this encounter reminds me of an infamous voodoo curse put upon an entire town by a single wronged woman. Everyone knows that Louisiana is no stranger to spooky stories, and the town of Fernier is no exception. The first half of this story is under debate. Some claim that local voodoo priestess Julia Brown was a friendly community midwife, yet others claim she wasn't the nicest of neighbors, and that it wasn't uncommon to see her rocking back and forth on her porch, giving anyone that passed the evil eye. But no one argues the fact that one of Julia Brown's favorite pastimes was to predict the destruction of neighboring towns. They called her the Oracle, because if something bad was going to happen, Julia Brown already knew about it. One of her most terrifying and infamous predictions came true in 1915, on the day of her funeral. Just before Julia died, she was heard singing over and over again, One day, I'm gonna die, and I'm gonna take all of you down with me. As it turns out, the prophecy, or curse, was true. And as the town was putting her body in the ground, a devastating hurricane ripped through the area, completely destroying three villages and killing hundreds of people. Even today, it's not uncommon for a body to surface and drift down the murky water. Folks throughout those parts still fear Julia Brown and her curse. So when it comes to the mention of voodoo, or even hoodoo, it's probably best to let that sleeping dog lie. Our next call comes from the state of Louisiana, but this spooky tale does not involve voodoo priestesses, or at least not directly. Hi, I really love the podcast, and I just wanted to share one strange, unexplained thing that happened to me. I'd classify myself as a skeptic when it comes to things that are supernatural, but I think ultimately there's some kind of scientific explanation for everything, just some things we don't have enough information. I still wouldn't say that what I experienced was a ghost, but there isn't a good explanation that I have for it, so here goes. I grew up in northwest Louisiana, and when I was in college, I was visiting my mom and her partner, Kathy, for a night. They lived on some property that Kathy's parents owned. It was off of a lake, and they owned a lakeside restaurant that had a few trailers and cottages on the land. My mom and Kathy lived in one bedroom cottage, and when my brother and I were visiting them that particular weekend, we couldn't use their toilet because it wasn't working. So we had to go to either Kathy's parents' house or the restaurant when we wanted to use the bathroom. It was fairly late in the evening, I'd say around 10 or 11 p.m., as it was dark outside and the restaurant was closed. I needed to use the bathroom, so Kathy walked me over to the restaurant and waited for me to finish. While using the bathroom, I heard Kathy's mother calling her name. It definitely sounded like her voice, and I heard her name, Kathy, very clearly. 
sounded like it was traveling through the vent in the ceiling, which would make sense if she was in another room. I didn't think anything of it because it seemed like something normal. Maybe her mom was outside when she saw us walking to the restaurant and needed her for something. I finished up quickly and exited the bathroom. Kathy was waiting for me in the main dining area of the restaurant. Some of the lights were on, but she was alone and looking at her phone. I looked around, expecting to see her mom, but saw no one. So I asked her, hey, where'd your mom go? Kathy gave me an odd look and answered, my mom isn't here. I didn't really feel scared. I just sort of thought back to my memory, trying to think if it's possible I heard someone else or something else. I felt very sure. Huh. I swear I heard your mom calling you while I was in the bathroom. It sounded like she was here in the restaurant. Kathy just said, nope, cheerfully and didn't seem too alarmed. We exited the restaurant and were heading back to the cottage. And as we were walking back, Kathy told me not to tell my mom about what I heard. It seemed like a strange request or something so innocuous. I asked her why, and she started to explain that a lot of weird things happen in that restaurant. Things that she has personally experienced, like feeling someone brush up against her while she's in the kitchen, or knives and utensils flying off the counter. These kinds of things scare her, and she'll just get wound up. She won't let it go if you tell her. I didn't want to think of what I heard as ghostly. For one, I've never really heard of a ghost encounter where the voice was recognized as a real living person calling to another real living person. And from what I could tell, Kathy didn't hear what I heard. At least she didn't tell me that she did. I would later hear lots of stories from my mom and Kathy about different ghostly encounters that happen on the property and especially in the restaurant. I have to say, I visited them several times, staying the night both in their cottage and then eventually in Kathy's parents' house when they moved away, and there wasn't anything weird that happened to me other than this one case. I would have easily chalked it up to hearing Kathy's mom and then her mom changing her mind and walking away from the restaurant, but I thought I heard her inside. It didn't sound faint like someone on the outside yelling in. And Kathy's reaction basically told me that there was no way her mom would actually be looking for her. Kathy did a lot for her parents, so if she really believed that I had heard her mom, she probably would have gone to look for her. Instead, Kathy listened to me and basically wanted to leave the restaurant quickly. Not frantic, she was very calm, but the kind of calm where she's trying not to freak me out or alert me to anything weird. She waited until we were a good distance away to tell me what she thought it was. So, that's my story. I'd love to know if anyone else has ever experienced something weird that resembles this. Uh, thanks for doing what you're doing. Okay, bye. Thank you for your submission. It's interesting that the caller was able to identify the disembodied voice that she heard. It's even more curious that the voice was that of someone alive and well. I wonder if there was some sort of strange acoustics at play here. For example, I used to work in an office building that had strange corners and angled walls that allowed conversations to carry. I could sit in my office and hear a conversation that was taking place in the kitchen, some 50 feet away and through several doorways, just as clear as a bell. The human ear can play some crazy tricks. That said, the caller seems to rule this out, 
and having not been there, it's hard for me to deny her claims. Regardless of what the voice was, I want to thank you for sharing that experience. Our next call is less eerie and more of the touching side. Here is Zach's call. Hi, uh, name's Zach, uh, from Washington. This story kind of takes place all over, actually, the world, but, uh, it all started in May of 2001, right after my grandpa, uh, had passed away. My grandma was packing up some of his stuff to give to us grandkids, my uncles, my aunts, my mom, um, so just kind of packing up all my grandpa's stuff, getting it out of the room, getting it to people who either had given him stuff or had just asked for, you know, knickknacks. Um, the phone had rang. She left the room with this empty box. There was nothing in it. She literally just put it together, and she came back, and there was a dime sitting in the middle of it. Um, my grandfather did paper out for 20-plus years, and... He always had change in his pocket. After that, we would find dimes in random, random places. Um, I was in the military. I was in Afghanistan. I was in Germany. Uh, did a little bit of time on Kuwait, a little bit of time in, uh, I, don't know, I don't remember the other places now. But I found dimes in all of those places where American money isn't, as easy to find. Um, in change, you really don't get change when you're deployed. Uh, when you're in those places, they give you point, or uh, like pot, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Um, but I'd find dimes, and I've always found dimes. Uh, I find them before major events. Kids, before each of my kids, before my siblings got married, before I got married. Um, before I got this, got a couple of jobs that I was worried about. So he, we feel like he's just leaving dimes to let us know, hey, I'm still watching out for you guys. Uh, so that's my story. Wondering if any of the other listeners have experienced this or heard of this. Um, but thanks. Bye. Thank you, Zach. It's amazing how often reports like this come in. In fact, as I may have mentioned in a previous episode, my own mother associates my deceased grandmother with dragonflies. My mom claims that when she's thinking of her, a dragonfly will somehow appear, be it a flyby or a picture or even a tattoo on a passing stranger. The dime seems to be a similar token. Not to take away from Zach's experience at all, but one should not underestimate the mind's ability to find patterns in the most random of situations. And more often than not, the discovery of a dime or the sighting of a dragonfly stimulates memories associated with that loved one rather than the other way around. It's also something you're on the lookout for. For example, next time you drive down the street, take notice of all the white vehicles on the road. It's not until you are looking for them that you realize 
that white vehicles are typically the majority on the street. All that aside, I do not want to take anything away from Zack's experience. Perhaps his grandfather is leaving dimes for him to find. Perhaps my grandmother does show up in dragonflies. It's certainly a more pleasant thought and a much better story to tell. Thank you again, Zack, but do me a favor. Take note of the dates on these dimes that you find, and let me know if there's any significance to them. If they were all the same date or a significant date, that could lend some credence to your claims. And that does it for this episode of Monsters Among Us. But before I sign off, I want to remind you that you can still purchase t-shirts with the old logo from the website. I just sent out a batch yesterday, in fact. And speaking of the shirts, Wendy from Canada reached out to me just yesterday claiming that the website does not allow for international purchases. I'm working on a solution to that, so if anyone else is in her boat, please contact me and I'll get everything straightened out for you. Please do me a solid and rate and review the show on iTunes. Five stars would be greatly appreciated. And finally, follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Many people on the Facebook page do not realize this, but the page is open, which means anyone can post to it, so please, feel free to open the discussion. Post relevant stories, pictures, and videos. Let's make it a fun place to visit and interact. Thank you to Sarah for her help with tonight's episode, and as always, music from tonight's show was provided by Mayu and Nature1986. Thank you all for listening, and until next week.